As entrepreneurs, we want to get our message out there. I mean, this is so important to all of us. We are passionate. We want to be a hero to a group of individuals. We want to make a difference in their lives. And we know by doing, you know, delivering great value for them, we create great value. Well, today I've got a remarkable entrepreneur that's joining us. Uh, he's become a good friend and, uh, and really I've just, I've watched him from afar. He is one of the top copywriters in the world, uh, in my mind and in his fellow peers. And I've asked him to come and share some of his insights on how we as entrepreneurs can get our message out. You're gonna love how he got to be the top copywriter and more importantly, you're gonna love the lessons. You do not wanna miss even a second of this. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com I am so excited to have the Kevin Rogers here. Uh, just phenomenal copywriter that you know, you are out there, not only are you helping so many other entrepreneurs, but you're helping so many other copywriters really be effective in getting their message out and making things happen. And nothing happens without guys like you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. It's a thrill to be here and uh, ready to have a good time today. So thank you. So one of the things that uh, I didn't uh, do it in the introduction, but you've got more colorful history than some of us in, in a tougher life. <laughs> we were talking about before we turned on the camera. But you know, give me a little bit of the backstory, our fellow entrepreneurs, so they know kind of where you're coming from as we go into you know, some big lessons that you've learned and you've been able to help you know, really people make you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, really even millions of dollars sure. uh, through campaigns. Sure, yeah, happy to. Um, I guess what's most interesting on my, on my resume is that uh, in my teens still, I started performing stand-up comedy in my town here of uh, Clearwater, Florida, where I primarily grew up. And uh, the funny thing I remember the most when I first made that decision to uh, try stand-up was I was, I think I was 18, 17 or 18, and I called the club and I said, hey, do you have to be uh, 21 to do the open mic night? And they said, uh, well, how old are you? And I said, you know, I'm 18. And they said, okay, well, just, just don't drink. And I said, okay, okay. And I said, how long do I get? Like 20 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy says, have you done this before? I said, no, it'd be my first time. He says, 20 minutes. You'd be, you'd be lucky to get five. I go, five minutes? What am I going to do in five minutes? You know, I'm negotiating already. And uh, of course, I get up there and I end up doing like three and a half minutes just trying to remember all the jokes. I'm like blinded by the light. You know, I'm just sweating and trying to remember the lines in listening for something that sounds like laughter coming back from this dark room. And it was the most, you know, frightening and exhilarating thing I'd ever done in my life. And the minute I came off stage, uh, I, I couldn't wait to get back on. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that people ask me, yeah, I've always been a little interested in, in, in stand up. Should I try it? And I say, yeah, you, now that you've spoken that, you have to try it because you will always regret not trying it. And don't worry, because you'll know um, 
one, maybe two tries most if it's for you or not. You know, there's no second guessing if, if, if you're just addicted well, or and not. And the market right away. feedback's pretty amazing too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Talk so about real time. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Kevin, I mean, you know, I, I think of, I've taken some improv lessons along the way just cause I enjoyed it and I, I found it. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of books out there and I'm forgetting the authors who have written about improv for business people because it's it's just, yeah. you know, the power of the lessons uh, that we can all incorporate so many of those conversations. But, you know, going from stand up and then, you know, to be one of the top copywriters in the world, that's a that's a journey. <laughs> yeah. how, how did that happen? Yeah, long and winding road there. Uh, did it, you know, so I went on the road, I was on the road by 19 in my 74 Chevy Nova with a big block 350 and a four bell carburetor. Uh, That's my road car. I'm getting like eight miles to the gallon, you know, and uh, but stayed on the road for a good seven or eight years and uh, finally got a little burned out. I, I, you know, in, in all my and I was very much the artist, right? You know, I mean, I didn't understand anything about business. I was not a capitalist. I, I felt like, man, I'm an artist and my job is to come here and show up and kill the room and that's supposed to be enough, right? And then over the years, I kind of realized, wait a minute, that's not quite enough. There is a business equation to this. And uh, I knew that I didn't quite have it figured out. And the one promise I'd made to myself, even as a early 20s young comic uh, in person, I said, I was working with a lot of guys who were prob probably past their prime, great club comics, could murder the room uh, very dependably, but you just had a sense they weren't going to get the shot, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, man, if, if I, I can't become that because that's pretty sad. These guys are bitter. They're drinking way too much. This is not working out. And so around the age of 30, I just said, um, uh, man, it, it, it's time probably to think about the rest of my life and what what's important to me. And a couple of things were going on. One is I had um, traveled to, I moved to Los Angeles because a friend of mine, talk about a business lesson, uh, was given a sitcom. He had a, a development deal with NBC and uh, they made a pilot and uh, he was going to have a sitcom with his name on it. So he says all along to them, hey, I just want to have one writer in the room representing my voice, which seems like the most common sense thing in the world, right? The show is named after you. You think you could have a writer. And they say, oh, yeah, of course, of course. He says, okay, well, I got the guy. He's a, this guy, Kevin Rogers, and, and I pack everything I own in my trunk from Chicago, and I move to Los Angeles, and here's the dream come true. I'm going to become a comedy writer. I, I was always more of a, I really liked writing. I was okay giving up the performance side of it, right? We get out there and uh, the show actually gets picked up. We were too naive to realize that it actually had to get bought, the show, right? <laughs> and then it does. And he says, okay, well, when does my writer start? And they go, ah, well, I'm going to have to look at some of his spec scripts. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't, what is that? I don't even know what a spec script is. <laughs> I didn't, I had never written a script in my life. So, uh, you know, it was a real awakening. They didn't end up hiring me. Um, and, you know, some of the more veteran writers said, don't take a, a writer's assistant job or you'll never get a seat at the feast, you know? And so that was a real wake up call to me that moment where I, I thought, I don't even know if I dig this Hollywood, this show business thing at all. And then I happened to know the woman I was supposed to marry. 
my wife, Michelle, we met uh, when we were both 19. Uh, her brother-in-law was my first mentor, really in life. Um, and he was the guy who owned the comedy club. And uh, we were instantly fell in love. And I, I knew uh, she was the girl I was supposed to be with. And she was amazingly still available when I was like 27, 28. And I thought, if I don't find out if this is real, I'm, I'm gonna, she's going to be the one that, that got away. And so we ended up married, fantastic. And now it was time to get serious. And uh, uh, through lots of you know, no resume jobs and in, in things that, you know, bellman, bartender, things that in hindsight, like comedy, really lent, lent a lot to what I do now as a copywriter. Uh, you know, obviously you weren't going to pay the bills. And then by fate, a guy named Chris, who was uh, hired by a company I was working for to consult, was a huge uh, marketing buff a direct response guy. And in fact, he's the, 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 the story he told me about how this all works that finally made it all click for me was the story of Joe Polish about this dead broke uh, carpet cleaner who had turned, uh, turned his business around through marketing and now made millions of dollars teaching other uh, carpet cleaners how to do this, right? And I thought, somehow that makes sense. That's incredible. And so that was it. And he said, you know, I know you like to write. Why don't you check out copywriting? And I fell in love with it. I, I, I used to get tingles, you know, at the idea of, uh, wow, like something out there that can actually pay me well. It allows me to utilize everything I've done up to now. That was like a miracle for me. You know, it, it's an amazing journey uh, that you've been on, Kevin. And, and it's so powerful. I mean, and, and one of the things I think for all of us as an entrepreneur, our ability to reinvent ourselves yeah. You know, the marketplace is changing. I mean, uh, Joe Polish is a mutual friend. And Joe starts almost every line that he is a dead broke uh, carpet cleaner. And that was one of his higher moments type thing. And he you know, <laughs> certainly extremely successful. I've had the privilege of partnering with him on a number of things. And, and you know, so we get to reinvent ourselves. And you've done that. And, you know, and, and you've been out there. I mean, I can't think of anywhere... You know, being a stand-up comedian, being out there and, you know, the writing scene. I did work in the entertainment industry for a couple of years. Had a couple of the comedy writers who did make the big time. So mm -hmm. I can tell you that it's pretty big checks when you do do it. But, sure. yeah, it, but it's, you know, I, I, I don't, one hand, I can count the guys I knew uh, that had been successful on it and, you know, a huge number that it were I mean, I could never tell the difference between the good one, the people who were getting paid the big bucks and the guys yeah. who weren't. And but you collect all this great content, life experiences and so on. And, you know, what tell me, you know, some of the life lessons that as an entrepreneur and our fellow entrepreneurs who are watching us, what can they learn from a stand up comedian? I mean, from that experience? Yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's big. It's a great question. Yeah. You know, it's interesting is it took me a while to make even that connection, right? Because I, I had learned to bury this whole stand-up thing on the resume because it was losing me uh, nine to five jobs. And it was finally my friend, John Carlton, and John was my hero. Uh, the fact that we're friends still blows my mind. This is a man that I revere in a big way. He's taught me so much. And he was really interested in the fact that I'd been a stand-up. And I started to realize, wow, like this is, this is sort of a, a personal hook for me. Uh, it's, 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 it's a bridge gapper here and um, or closer. And uh, so he said to me, why aren't you talking about that? You know, like in your blog and stuff like he said, 
do you realize how few people have had that experience and how many fantasize about it? Would love to be able to walk up on a stage and, and kill the room. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. I guess that's true. I knew so many stand-ups, it just seemed like a normal thing to do to me. And so that's when I started really looking at the parallels and things like, you know, um, quickly commanding attention, just, you know, winning attention, certainly holding attention, uh, overcoming obstacles. Like you said, there's, there's no greater real time of feedback, market feedback than when you're on a, on a hot mic in a dark room with drunk strangers. Alcohol just gets that market feedback flowing really <laughs> quickly. Here. All those inhibitions, that politeness yeah. goes out the window. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, you get heckled, you, you, you start out poor, you have to regroup and uh, man, all that stuff. Uh, you, you, I didn't realize at the time was, was coming a part of my DNA, right? It was, it, it was becoming instinctual. And when I sat down to write copy, I really felt like if I had a natural ability or gift, it was that I was very empathetic to my, my customer avatar. And I could tell instinctively if the copy was getting boring, if it was hitting the mark, if the headline was dynamic enough. So that's where a lot of that comedy really came in handy, that live stuff. And then structurally, I finally sort of put together that, wait a minute, like a joke formula is not so different than a copywriting formula. You know, you could kind of switch some parts of these around and have them transfer really well. So that was wicked helpful too. Yeah, you know, you know, the, the stakes are so high. You know, when you're standing up on stage, you got all these, you know, uh, your audience, let's just leave it at that. Everybody's <laughs> been to a comedy club. They know their audience, you know, the audience that's there. And PC title for those people. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and, and depending on the time frame that you're there to, whether you're early or late. Third make, show, yes. Yeah, can make the a midnight huge, show. Yeah, can make, so the stakes are high. And as entrepreneurs, I mean, you know, as a matter of fact, I was just going over a couple of uh, marketing campaigns we're doing now, and I was just doing a final kind of review on some copy. And I, I got to tell you, the stakes are high so often, over and over. You and I have talked about that, you know, in my business. That I mean, how do you take and, you know, inspire attention? Because, I mean, all kinds of studies, you know, where um, one of them I was just reading is saying, I think this is a little too high, but the average successful affluent individuals getting 4,000 marketing messages a day, you know, from all the different sites and, yeah. and, you know, driving down the road, the TV, the internet and all this, you know, how can we inspire, you know, the, you know, you call the customer avatar that, you know, those ideal clients or customers for each of us as an entrepreneur, you know, to even get their attention through all this. Yeah. Yeah, I think the key word is is to specialize and to be the best expert they can find and the one who resonates with them the most. So uh, part of it is not trying to reach everybody. Uh, you know, look at how much things have changed. I mean, when's the last time you sat and in, in intently listened to a radio commercial? Like, yeah. let's be honest. Can, can you hit the button fast enough when they go into the commercials? I mean, somebody must be playing a song, right? Uh, you know, with with DVRs, we're fast forwarding through commercials. Uh, you know, everybody everybody's inundated and overwhelmed, and you, you seemingly, certainly, attention spans have gone down. Uh, you know, Sally Hogshead loves to point out that the, the attention span is now 
a second less than a goldfish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at about eight seconds, you know, the human attention span. And uh, so for me, it's, it's about, uh, look, what I realize is people, because they're so overwhelmed and because they're overwhelmed with choice of where they get their, uh, their information, they know that they get to choose who they're going to listen to. So uh, my defense against that is to just have a very distinct voice and put out really killer content all the time and have people, when they come to your uh, blog, your website, whatever it is, they, they experience your content or your copy, they may go, ah, that, I, may, I knew a few of those things, but I really like the way that person said it. Or, you know, this person resonates with me. You know, show up on video, do some things, be transparent, be raw. And, uh, you know, even if it's 5, 10, 20 seconds at a time, make an impact that's going to make them go, think of you when they want an expert on your topic. I think that's our best defense. Kevin, one of the things I love about your work, uh, you're a big believer in the power of the story. And, and we do a lot of research in our business, you know, both for entrepreneurs and for financial types. And one of the things we find, you know, so many entrepreneurs and certainly financial types are left brain dominant, they're very logical and all that, yeah. that when we survey wealthy individuals, 84% of them want to connect first emotionally and mm. then justify, you know, whatever engagement or becoming a customer or client by logic. And, and most of us, you know, so many of us in, in my industry, particularly financial services where I grew up, mm. want to do it, you know, pure logic. And, and that emotional connection, I mean, you know, that, that's something that, you know, you are phenomenal. And really, any good to great copywriter is going to have right. some story. I mean, you know, how as entrepreneurs, we all think we're boring, <laughs> we're mundane. Yeah. 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 How do we start thinking about the story and all this stuff? Yeah, it's a good question because some, so much of us say, ah, well, that's great for you, Kevin. You're, you're a comedian. I mean, you know, what an advantage. So what am I, why am I supposed to say? And I say, you know what, like be who you are. If you're a little boring or dry, it's got to be something entertaining about you or interesting about you. And look, if you desire to be more entertaining, there are ways you can do that as well. One of my best pieces of advice I give people who say, yeah, I'm just not funny. I, I, I can appreciate humor, but I say this. Think of the comic that if you were a comedian, you'd be the most like and study them. Like, what are their patterns? What kind of jokes do they tell? How do they set up a premise and execute the punchline and practice doing their jokes, their material, whether it's, you know, Bob Newhart or Bob Goldthwait or, uh, you know, someone in between. Find that person that you go, that's who I'd be. And, you know, it, it model them in, until it becomes more like you. So that's one way if you want to, like, come out of your comfort zone. The other way is, again, just be organic and also bring in help. You know, it doesn't always have to be you uh, putting the words on the page. If you go to make a video, you can get some help with scripts. There's all kinds of things you can do with video. You can add in animations and cut it up in a way that if, look, if you got a dry delivery, you could have fun with it in the video or you could break it up so it doesn't become too mundane. You know, it's never been easier, John, to uh, present information to the world in a, in a colorful and entertaining way cheaply. 
you know, uh, uh, budget isn't a huge concern for, for most well, of your I'm audience. Just, but you and I, you know, hanging out on Skype, I'm going to do a, just a quick over the shoulder shot. I'm sitting here at Global Headquarters, our pool house, and, you know, interviewing and technology. I mean, to put this video together is next to nothing uh, in yeah. cost wise. And so th there's there's no excuse from a technology. And, and the part I want to echo, Kevin, that you came up with, I mean, that you mentioned that I struggled with this. I mean, I really did. And, and I've got, you know, I'm 59. I got, there's moments of excitement, you know, along the way, yeah. you know, I was a pilot in the Navy. I was fairly, I was very successful in financial services, worked in sports and entertainment, did all this stuff. But most of it was pretty boring and mundane type. <laughs> but, you know, working with someone to help draw that out of you, particularly for the specific needs that you have, all of a sudden yeah. you can become very quickly a serial storyteller. And, and mm. people, you know, today's world, we've got choices. I mean, you're yeah. never going to have the best, uh, you know, commodity, the best service, you know, because nobody can define those things. Right. But right. boy, one of the things I love about you is you talk about the best story wins. I mean, and that's yeah. that for us as entrepreneurs is, you know, it's just so critical. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at you're a great example of this, John. When somebody goes to your uh, page, there's a video of you telling your story. And it's compelling. And, it, you know, uh, it's it, it's not a, a hair raising adventure necessarily, but I watch it and I'm, I'm, I'm engaged, I'm entertained. And I know you at the end of it. I know exactly what kind of person you are. And when I did meet you, I that's the same guy in the video. So the key there is that you are authentic, you know. And well, so, yeah, that's I mean. Your story can precede you. I mean, it really yeah. introduces you. You get other people telling the story. You get the videos telling it. And you and I, when we first met, it was like, you know, because I had watched your videos too. You yeah. and I knew each other. I mean, you know, right. you know, we could have been you know, buddies in high school almost, you know, from that point. We had a r real high-level conversation. And that's, yeah. that's what all of us want as entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah, great point. Great point. And, you know, there's also a bit of magic that goes along with it. <laughs> Uh, that sort of star power, you know, having a podcast, having a, a show like this, I'm sure so many people have come up to you, John, at some event, meeting you for the first time or something, and you're having a conversation and they say to you, you know, this is, I'm having a strange reaction because I've heard your voice so much that it's weird to talk with you, right? It'd be like, imagine sitting, getting in the back of a cab with Howard Stern on accident or something and be like, oh my God, that voice would be so wild, right? And so- I mean, a little it, scary actually too. I've been in an elevator with him once. He, oh, really? His office was on 54th Street. We had an office over there and- uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a big dude too. <laughs> I've heard, yeah, that it's intimidating because you think of the, he's the master manipulator of any interview, of any conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny because I was in the elevator. And I did say hi to him. I just had to do that. But I mean, everybody kind of moved over to the side and gave him a lot of room and everything because he, he was he was I mean, he's still obviously extremely high profile. But that was the beginning of his high profile show. It was a while oh, ago. Wow. But yeah, you talk about the magic agreement uh, ingredients. And I, I think this, you know, the no like trust that we talk yeah. about. I mean, expand on that a bit, because that is. I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I, quite honestly, the first time I heard it was Joe Polish. Uh, yeah. I, I, had, I had struggled in 2008, 2009, downturn in the financial market. I had been working with all these large banks and brokerage firms and 
you know, had a phenomenal business and all of a sudden they stopped returning calls. <laughs> you know? mm. Matter of fact, some of them went under and it was like, okay, I've got to raise my profile in this industry. And in our case, we wanted the advisors coming direct to us rather than just working with the firms because they needed to help to serve their clients through this really tough period. Yeah. And that I'll tell you, it was magic that I heard that no like trust. Oh, wow. You know, putting that in play was a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point is that it's um, something just once you become conscious of the need for it, that's almost half the battle, right? Because you suddenly start to say, all right, I have this short message I want to put out. It could seem like uh, the driest piece of information. Maybe it's a stock update, right? You say you did at the end of every day, here's where the market is. Well, you know, you don't have to be Jim Cramer about it, but how entertaining could you make it? Uh, beyond just the fact that it's, you know, numbers. Um, so, you know, uh, two interesting things about No Like a Child. I'll, I'll give you some, some, some tips and formulas. But what's cool about it is there's a second lesson in here in that never assume that you have to have the most original material in the world. No Like, truck, no like Trust was a breakthrough moment for me because, like you said, like the term existed certainly before I came around. And I had heard it, but I realized when I put together uh, a presentation, the first time I was invited to speak on stage at, at an event, I, I needed something to, to teach. And I realized uh, what was fueling what I was teaching was this idea of know, like, and trust. And so I talked about know, like, and trust in that presentation. And then all of a sudden, the, the thing I did not expect was that uh, even the event host and some of the other experts in the room began referring to me as the as the no like and trust guy and i was like well, wow. that's a great compliment obviously y yeah and like I, suddenly i'm like the leading expert on on how to you know anytime you mention because uh, i called it klt the klt formula mm -hmm. and so they would say uh you know no like and trust are important you know like like kevin rogers talks about the klt and i'm like Man, like I certainly didn't invent it, but now I'm getting all this credit, right? So never think that if you don't have the most original thing in the world to say that you can't own part of it. And what I think you did that was really powerful, Kevin, on this is that I had heard it before I mentioned, um, but you brought it as part of your story and that made it yours, you know, that derivative of it. And, and I think so many of us get caught up. I, I've had some really large corporate consulting engagements where we're helping them build out content and you know, very senior, unbelievably talented individuals. And they go, I got nothing, you know, and mm. even if you help me, John, I'm only going to have it for, you know, that month or two, you get me started. And then I go, no, yeah. no, no, this stuff. And, and actually with one of my first uh, ones, uh, they sold the business. It was worth almost nothing. They sold it for 250 million for four years later because he became, you know, he and a couple of his partners became rock stars in this part of the industry. And mm. it was, it was really their story and having that, you know, kind of formula that you do. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, you know, the, I have a specific formula called the 60 second sales hook. Uh, but you know, for no, like and trust, it's like, look, if, you know, what makes you feel like, you know, somebody, they reveal themselves, in a, in a relatable way to where you go, okay, that guy's got two kids around my age. It could be as simple as that. So you check off that box. I can relate to this person. And then like we've talked a lot about authenticity, transparency. When you're, you know, he, here's the key here is that if you're willing to admit a struggle, 
that sets you apart in so many ways, especially from big companies and corporations where every single word that, that goes out has to go past the board and past the legal and all these things. And I get that there are times where that's necessary. But if you can create a framework where you have the freedom to look into a camera like you and I are doing right now uh, and, and tell a story and share a little bit of a struggle, suddenly you're so human, you're so honest, because you know, the last thing you want to have, it's not a mission statement, right? It's a bonding moment. Mission statements are immediately ignorable by like the second line. But if you tell a story and you say, you know, it was, it, it was this year and you, you just told about 2008. I can, I can see you kind of pacing the floor and going, wow, like things have changed. Where did this come from? Nothing in the rule book about this. I've got to go to work and, and find a whole new way. Well, and you share, I mean, I share, I still remember doing videos and saying our revenue was down 45%. I mean, people hide from that. And, right. but if you, because, you know, you share, you know, the journey together and what you're doing and then delivering value, it's, it's amazing. Hey, you know, Kevin, I want you to go, cause I mean, you are, you're famous for a lot of things, but you have a, a magical formula. Yeah. And I want to go to this is the right. 60 second sales hook. And yeah. You know, share share with our uh, viewers or our listeners here on the podcast how how you make that happen because you know I mean this is really I had been watching you from afar. You know, we have some mutual friends and so on, and then when you came out with this book, you know, I immediately got it, read it. You had a bonus video. I watched the hour or so video. That's why I felt oh. like I knew you right away, and it's like. Whoa! This is amazing, and you know, then and it took me a while to reach out to you, but then reach out to you as well, and then awesome. and and I matter of fact, I, I paid you to reach out too, so you yeah, had a little promotion, very, very, yeah. So very kind of you. Yeah. You could have got my attention with uh, here's some mutual friends we have. So yeah, that was very generous of you. Yeah, no, this is so. Tell 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 our viewers and listeners about this. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, it's simply what I mentioned before that I had this moment of revelation where I, I thought, you know, joke formulas are something that could make the process of creating a sales message easier for entrepreneurs or any business owner who, again, feels like maybe they're a little dry and they say, you say, okay, tell your story. And they go, okay, great. So first let me come up with a story. And then how long is it supposed to be? All these questions, right? But when you somebody's telling you a joke, they know how long the joke is, they know the lines to say, they know that they, what not to reveal before the punchline, all these things are sort of automatic. And so I thought, wow, the breakthrough is gonna be if I can get people to think about their sales message the same way they tell a joke and have this framework, these sort of rules they follow, it'll be really effective. So I call it the 60 second a sales hook because if, you're, if it's longer than 60 seconds, you're doing it wrong. The whole point of this formula is not to sell a product. All you're, all you're buying, all you're asking people to pay you is attention and, and maybe an opt-in to learn more, which is, as you know, the first step on the journey for most relationships with our customers, right? We want to win their trust and we want to get them in our, in our world. So it comes from a joke formula. And so I'll, I'll give you the joke formula and then I'll give you the sales formula. And the cool thing about this joke formula is that First of all, you'll see this all the time in commercials now once you know it. And the other interesting thing is once I figured out the joke formula, I started to see it everywhere. Comics would use it when the stakes are highest, like on their first national television shot, things like that. So one of my favorite examples of it 
is in fact from uh, uh, someone's first national television spot. It's, it's a comedian named Karen Rontowski, and it's her first time on Letterman. And so she walks out and she says, uh, my kids were so bad in Walmart today that I pulled a fly swatter off the shelf and I smacked them with it. And she says, and the second the fly swatter hit their ass, I thought, I don't have kids. When I uh, read that, I just, yeah, I was dying laughing the first time because it, 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 it's just, you know, it's, and, but it's, it's so simple a joke right. that even a fellow entrepreneur like me could tell that one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's so much is revealed. There's that great surprise at the end. And just what I love about using that example is think about how much we know about this person now, right? We didn't know anything about her a second ago. She needed to win our trust that she was funny. She needed to bond with us on, on some commonality. And so she just ticked off. So the formula goes like this for the joke is identity, struggle, discovery, and then surprise. So you see that formula in that joke mm -hmm. we just told. But then, of course, the catch would be, wait a minute, surprise. First of all, our, our, my audience probably doesn't want to be surprised. They want more predictable reaction uh, to, their, to what I've created. And also, there's a lot of pressure to try, have to be clever every time you come up with a message. So all I did was switch that last part of it. So the 60-second sales hook is identity, struggle, discovery, and then result. Because ultimately, that's what anybody wants. Uh, and this is, again, if you look at it in, in great testimonials, from your customers for your products, this is the exact formula you want them to use. So whether you're telling your story or the story of your customer, this is the go-to formula. And so it's identity, identity, struggle, discovery, result. And as a quick example, John, I'll just read you the one I use for me as, as a sales consultant. Mm -hmm. I say, I'm Kevin Rogers, and you'll recognize this. I spent years as a dead broke stand-up comedian until I discovered how a simple joke formula can be used as an irresistible sales hook and began teaching marketers how to use it to skyrocket their sales and grow their businesses. You know, now I'm one of the you know, most sought after in-demand sales consultants online, making more in uh, one session than I used to in, in a month as a stand-up comic or something like that. And so obviously that appeals to a lot of people, uh, anybody who wants to get paid to consult, obviously, for, for the result, uh, and anybody who just wants to grab attention. And then a simple call to action. If you want to learn more about this formula or use it in your own business, simply enter your email and I'll give it to you right on the next page. And it, it can be that simple. And what's funny, John, is I've been teaching this now for a, a little over a year. And boy, the ways people can find to screw this up. And to me, it's the simplest thing in the world. Uh, but, you know, there, there, there's some intricacy to it. You know, the, the struggle um, needs to be quick and relatable. Like in my case, for instance, dead broke stand-up comic. Not a lot of people were that or can relate to that, but it's all the information you need to see that vision in your head, right? And then the discovery is really the magic part of it. Like, you know, this is where a great marketing uh, sort of trick, uh, an effective tool is proprietize as many things as you possibly can. Again, doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel, but if you have a formula or a tactic something you give to people that works every time they use it, give it a name, right? 
name it and, and claim it and, and make it yours. And then that's the title of your free report or your free video series or whatever. And suddenly everything comes together. All the puzzle pieces fit and they go, man, that's the KLT guy. He's got this cool thing. I better go get it. It's phenomenal. Let me go because I, I want to make sure everybody can get this. Let me go to the next segment, which is the book of the day. How uh, can our fellow entrepreneurs, you know, get this ebook that you have and, you know, the, the video that goes with it? Sure. Yeah, so it is on Amazon. Uh, if you just want the book, if you really prefer paper, uh, you can get it there. But uh, you can also get a free digital download of it at 60secondsaleshook.com. It's the number 60secondsaleshook.com. And uh, that'll put you in my world, and I'll gladly guide you to more cool learning material. I've got all kinds of neat formulas for, for writing copy on the fly that, that are very fun. And I do get, uh, I know I get 1,400 emails a week, uh, not counting the junk stuff. Uh, yours is one of them that I do read because I love the, the material. So I would encourage anybody that's involved in marketing, definitely. And if you're an entrepreneur, you better be involved in marketing or you're, you're missing something here. But let's go to the next uh, one is, uh, the application of the day. And yeah. Kevin, what, you know, on your smartphone, what, what would you recommend your fellow entrepreneurs? That's an easy one for me. It's, it's an app called Voxer. Have you heard of Voxer? It I, is- I don't know that one. How's that uh, it, is, it essentially uh, turns your, your cell phone into a kind of a walkie talkie. Uh, so it's a vocal, maybe if you know WhatsApp, it's very similar to that. Um, so you can just press a button and send somebody a voice message and they can receive it whenever is convenient for them. You can also text and send pictures and they just added video. sounds like I'm a spokesperson for the company or something, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I love about this app, John, is that it comes back to everything we're talking about is like bonding and creating relationships. And you know, you ever have that moment where you want to call somebody and leave a message and they, and they pick up and you're like, ah, damn. I didn't have time for a whole conversation right now. Like this is the answer to that, you know? And so you can leave somebody a quick message, but I've formed entire relationships, you know, about 40 seconds at a time uh, through this app. So it's really cool. Voxer uh, is the app and, you know, it's a great it way Voxer to communicate. Is it Voxer with a B or is it? A V, V-O-X-E-R. Okay. Okay. okay, excellent. Let me go to the last segment uh, for resources, Kevin. And and you know, if somebody wants to learn more about what you're doing and, and follow you or work with you, where would they go? That would be copychief.com, which is a uh, website and a community. So they could get my blog, they can get my podcast. I have a podcast called The Truth About Marketing, where I interview many of our fellow uh, friends and they, they really give us the, the deep stuff on what's working. And uh, it's also a community of copywriters. So if you're looking for a freelance copywriter, or you're looking for templates and formulas to make your own copywriting easier, then that's why I built Copychief. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you, because I need more help on copywriters. And uh, you know, certainly I'd, I recommend strongly as entrepreneurs, many of you are like me who uh, aren't the greatest writers. We can, you know, once I, I, there's nothing more I hate, Kevin, than a totally blank screen. And you know, having the formula and the framing, that makes it so much easier. 
But what makes it really easier is hiring a great copywriter and reviewing their work. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Let them sweat it out. Yeah. Yeah. So let let me go uh, and kind of pull this all together because this is really valuable. I got a bunch of notes here, key takeaways. And the very first thing is, I mean, I love the lessons learned from comedy. And and I want to, you know, life gives us all these lessons as entrepreneurs. And we're all building you know, stories or we're capturing experiences and take advantage of those and what, how you communicate to people. And, you know, the second thing is to really recognize that you, your job as, you know, if you're the, the CEO, for instance, you are to inspire people to action, the right people. And to do that, we've got to, you know, we've got to tell stories because everything in today's world can be commoditized. If it isn't already, it's on the verge of being it. The thing that makes it distinctive is you, your story, your, you know, the, the whole experience that you're bringing in that authentic. And, and, and Kevin talked about the best story wins and, and that the concept of no like trust, keep on going back to that. You know, you need, people need to know you. They actually have to like you and they have to trust you. And you can't, you know, just say, trust me. Okay, it doesn't work in today's <laughs> world anymore at all. It does work, but it's, it's totally the opposite. And then I just really encourage you to use Kevin's 60-second uh, sales hook. I, I use it when I, whenever I'm involved in trying to write some copy or working with one of our copywriters. It's just, it's such a, it's a simple formula. And, and, and quite honestly, the simple things are the best. Kevin, uh, again, thank you for joining us and sharing your brilliant insights. Uh, I'm going to encourage everyone out there, you know, go to AESNation.com. Uh, we've, we've got a transcription. We've got all the show notes. Kevin's got so many pearls of wisdom. Take him up on his free book, or you can buy it on Amazon if you'd like to have the, the printed one. But your clients, your future clients, they're all counting on you. You've got to inspire them with action. And the best way to do that is with your message. Go make a difference. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.